You are listening to Fellowship Around the Table. All right, welcome to the weekly chat. I am your host today, Heath Casey, and today I have a very special guest, Dave Jewett. Dave is a ministry leader of your one degree, but for me, he's been a dear friend and a coach and a mentor and just somebody I thoroughly enjoy being around. And now he's coached, that's the terminology you would use, coached my father, which just is so dear to me and and several of my friends, but so thankful that you would come in and, and chat with me today, Dave. Welcome. Well, it's just great to be here. <laughs> and I really enjoy being around you, too. So. <laughs> Thank you. Can we hug? Can we? <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is not a visual medium, which is good for me. <laughs> yeah. I wanted you to talk a little bit about your one degree. It's a program that, if that's the right terminology, that I've gone through. And really why I brought you into today is to talk about something specific that's come out of that that's a tool that I think will be very helpful for those listening in, but tell us about your one degree. Yeah, it's really a process to help people really better discern and become much more alert to how has God been preparing them? Mm. You know, when, when we hear the people ask the question, what's my purpose? Oh yeah. Uh, what, what's my calling? And it's become obvious to me that to, to get a really solid answer for that, you need to pay closer attention to, well, how has God been preparing you? Yeah. What has he been doing? So we look at these six different aspects of a person's life, their abilities, the abilities that energize their heart, especially. Oh, yeah. Then we look at their story. What's their story about? Do they know what God has been trying to do in their story and, and even the messages and lessons that come out of their story? Then what are they, what are they, what are, what are some of the, what are some of the acquired skills they've gained along the way? And, yeah. and what do they love to know? Mm. Well, I see all that as purposeful. I don't see that as just happenstance. Yeah, it's not an accident. And then the eye of design is what do you care about, basically, mm. the interests and passions. It's very important that we start to recognize oh, we might have interests, we might have concerns, we might have burdens, but what are we really passionate about? Yep. And the bottom line is I don't think people, besides the Lord and their family, they we don't have much capacity to have more than one passion. <laughs> passions are what you take action on. Yes. So we want to help them figure that out and also to find a freedom to to not feel like they've got to be passionate about what other people are passionate about. Yeah. What is God doing in their life? That's right. And then their spiritual gifts is, a, is the fifth thing we do. What are those spiritual gifts? And then what are, what really are the ways that God is demonstrating he uses those gifts? In what context? With who? What topics? You know, are there particular kinds of people needing certain things that God uses it especially with. Mm. And lastly, is the, the end of design is their nature, their key personality traits, yep. and their capacities. So we get a composite look at somebody, and then our job as coaches is we coach people to get good descriptors for who they are and, mm-hmm. and to find real confidence in those descriptors. And then how do we get from point A to point B, which is point A is where they are, Point B is much better stewardship of who God's made them to be, and that's a process, and that's probably the most rewarding part of all this. Yeah. So as a coach, this is something you do one-on-one with an individual as you help them walk through this. I've, yeah. I've done this. So. Yeah, we do, we do. We've done workshops. We've done small groups, but we especially, we feel like the one-on-one coaching is probably the most effective because you get you just get distance with a person. Yeah. 
you know, you get to know them you can, and that they can share more freely and you can really be a good sounding board for them. So, Well, it's been phenomenal for me in, in my life to walk through that and think through that. And it gave me a framework. And this is something you've been coaching me on for years now. Eric and I talked about this in a prior episode, just about how families and individuals are so strung out because there's so many good things they can go do. Not even just bad things, but they're overcommitted and spread thin. And it gave me a framework to say no <laughs> to some things, gave mm. me a focus. You're still coaching me on and tapping <laughs> me on the shoulder and reminding me. But that it was so helpful and hit me, it just came along in the right time in my life. And I'm very, very thankful for the way the Lord ministered through, well, through that. When Barna came out with the statement that 20% of pastors finish well. I know. Well, you've dug into this. It's not, yeah. I mean, it's a, that was shock, that would shock people, but, and, but you know that, that this is, that's true. And 30% of uh, Christian workers finish well. Uh, and what I mean by finish well is they approach the end of their life, 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. and they're still, they still know what God has given them to do, hmm. and they're doing it with passion wow. until they die. I was fortunate to have a father do that at 93. Wow. We like to say dad went out with his hair on fire. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, I've realized that not, not very many men can say that about their father. Mm. So I'm very passionate about helping people get on a track to finish well. Because <sighs> I think it's a real loss to the kingdom when someone God's invested 40, 50 years into just kind of plateaus out. Yeah. I mean, a tremendous loss. Tremendous. So, and and they that loss doesn't happen in a vacuum. It ripples through people's lives. Yeah. 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 So finishing well, this is one of the things that have kind of come out of this ministry is what you kind of call these seven steps. And I think the, the longer phrase is seven steps to failure. It's since been modified to kind of have a positive spin on that as well. But this goes back to, I think you said a message from like Charles Stanley, like in 1989 at Dallas Seminary and had a huge impact on you and you've taken and modified it. And it is, this tool has been one of the most useful tools in my day-to-day life as a Christian that I've had. And I've shared it with so many friends and family. And I just wanted to have you come on here today and kind of walk through what these seven steps are and what this looks like. Be glad to. Okay. Let me introduce it. By the way, basically one degree is for particular purpose. Yes. This is more for general purpose. This is right. kind of how to live. Yes. Which is the most important part of purpose. That's right. So, you know, and we talk about, I'm oftentimes saying this, talking about this to church staffs or to, to Christian groups, and we'll say, so 24 hours before Jesus died, He's sharing some of the things that are most important to him, mm-hmm. and most of that's ca- captured John 13 through 17, right? It's a lot of content if you think about a it lot, for one evening. <laughs> a lot in there. I'm so, I'm so glad they captured it. Right. Know? But in John 15, he talks about the vine and the branches. Mm. And then he says, if you will abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear what? Fruit. Yeah. So much fruit. Much fruit. That's right. Yeah. And then... But apart from me, you can do nothing, he says. Mm. So then I say to the church staff, and I'll say to my people I share this with, so here's your choices in terms of kingdom impact, yeah. much fruit or nothing. <laughs> and, and I actually try to draw the line between. So there's no middle ground. Mm. In terms of kingdom impact, their head has to come as the Holy Spirit works through you. 
Uh, it isn't your man-made effort. Right. It says the Holy Spirit is working through you. If you if it's just you, it's nothing. Right. <laughs> That's right. The, I mean, and boy, you just don't want to be wasting your time. You don't want to just be busy. Uh, oh, you know, no. I want to. I want to. I want my life to matter. Yep. And to have an impact, and it, it's only going to matter as the Holy Spirit works through me as I'm abiding in Him. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, then I'll ask the staff. So if would uh, not really knowing what abiding means and not really knowing if you're abiding at any given time. Like I did ask you and you, and what I got from you all was kind of uncertainty. Yeah. Well, might those two things be a problem in how you live, but also in how you serve here at the church? Well, you've talked to me about this before, but in a lot of your coaching and you do a lot of coaching church staffs across this community. Well, your one degree has been translated into many languages and being used all over the world. But when you ask that question, what is abiding? People in full-time ministry can give you a blank stare. Like, I should know how to answer that, but I don't know what to say. Well, they, and they might know uh, kind of some of it, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying we have the exhaustive answer here. Sure, sure. But here's some things that have kind of helped me figure out First of all, what does it mean to me? And then uh, what does the scriptures really say? So we've identified a couple things. And again, like I said, it's not exhaustive, but certainly awareness of his presence. Mm. Now, obviously, I've got other things to do during the day, and I'm not 100% aware of his presence, but there's a spirit of it. Yes. And there's surrender to his will. And do I have a spirit of really, oh, Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do today. Mm. And seeking his guidance. Yeah, seeking his prompting, being trying alert, become more and more alert to his prompting all throughout the day, interacting with him, the internal conversation with with the Lord throughout the day, and he starts to become very real to us hmm. because he we, we had this ongoing communication. You know, I do a prayer walk with my friend John. Yeah, you know, and wouldn't it be odd if I wasn't aware of his presence? That would be weird, and, and I wasn't interacting with him. <laughs> you know, and, and the Holy Spirit is a whole lot closer than John is. Yeah, but we you know, can forget that so fast. Yeah, yeah, and then there's taking thoughts captive from the in the word. Yeah, so we have all these thoughts that come. Yes, it can be all kinds of thoughts, <laughs> and we need to grab them and and run them by the scriptures and, and reject you know, and understand what what's going on. I mean, we understand we're in a battle. Yeah. All right. The last one I've got down here is praise and thanksgiving. Mm. Now there there can be other things, but that's what helps me. You know, when you think about abiding, all of that together, it's like a lens that we put on, and that's what we're going to filter everything through and see all of our interactions throughout the day through that lens. But it's so easy to forget to put on or have that lens on, or it gets broken and it's discarded. And Yeah, we, we call this kind of the circle of abiding. Okay. So in this circle, you're doing some of these things. Mm. Okay. Now, we know... That we go, we go in and out of that circle throughout the day. <laughs> we can admit that. Right? And there are some days we don't get in, <laughs> you know, right. and those aren't good days. <laughs> they are not. You know, they aren't, they aren't kingdom productive days, you That's know. Right. So, and what I've, what I've thought about when I, when I think about, I, I also, I want to say that that circle, I want people to recognize that circle of abiding as their way of developing a love relationship with Jesus. Mm. Because Jesus said, if you'll keep my commands, you will abide in my love. Yeah. And, and really, it's his love and our, and our love for him that's going to make all the difference as we go on in life. That's such a practical, tangible way to talk about it. Because 
people do aspire to that, but they don't really know. Okay. I'm supposed to have a quiet time. I pray and I study the Bible, but like sometimes that growing and maturity and that intimacy that you're describing seems not sure how to get there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, it's kind of hard to really love somebody you don't know. (laughs) Or or you you very rarely talk to. You're right. You know, (laughs) so anyway, so how do we get out of that circle? Well, I think one of the ways we get out of the circle is negative emotions. Hmm. So they they uh, can redirect us so fast. Yeah, negative consequences, circumstances, negative emotions. So I've asked myself, so how do we normally respond to negative emotions? Negative hmm. circumstances. And sometimes it can be we start to blame somebody. We start to try to fix it. We try to stuff it, ignore it, you know. And, and then we might, we might even pray about it. Sure. But what I've learned is we don't usually do this. We don't usually take it one step farther and, and, and go to the Father when I have a concern, when I have an emotion. And let me like name some of those negative emotions. Worry, anxiety, you know, Maybe jealousy, fear, envy, confusion. And, and, yes, I mean, it's anger. Yeah, you know, well, you know. Every time you get cut off in the in traffic, you know, you, you have an opportunity. Right? <laughs> you do in Tulsa right now. Yeah. There's a construction zone every yeah. three miles. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so what has happened with me is, I've learned that in simple things, as well as very more serious things. When I have learned how to go to the Father and ask him, okay, Lord, here's my concerns. I'm at, I'm at this lunch. The person hasn't shown up. I don't know where they are. Mm. You know, I can, I can just start to get concerned or angry or frustrated. So what do you want me to trust you for? Mm. Then, so when you have that alarm bell, if you will, you have redirected that from trying to maybe go off on your own to repair it to – Stop and ask. Just ask yeah. that question. Yeah, and man, what what a what, that has saved me so much frustration and so many stupid things I could do. You know that and, that, uh, that has been so powerful in my life, and I can still forget to do it. But when I have that lens on, and when I have, I mean these these emotions and these negative things. This, this is a daily yes daily it's life, life it's thing. Life. <laughs> and when they come, and I can have that perspective. It is 180 difference. Mm. Yeah. Regardless of the negative. Like it, well, and we're and we're so caught up in self-protection, we're so caught mm-hmm. up in in insecurity, in you know. And so I, I listen to the Lord. Yeah. And he usually tells me things like, It's okay, it's gonna work out. <laughs> it's okay? Gonna okay. It's gonna gonna work out. They're trying the best they can, or they got delayed and then but I've got other uses for this time. <laughs> okay. Will you trust me that I can help you use this time in a in a worthwhile way? It yeah. might be different than what you planned. Yeah. But trust me that I know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Or it can be more serious things like several years ago when I realized uh, one morning, one Monday morning that I've missed my deadline for uh, my quarterly tax payment. Mm. And which you know, I started to panic. That's... And then I realized I didn't even have the mo- enough money for the quarterly tax payment. Oh. So I've got to write down my concerns, several concerns in my journal. And, of course, I remember, okay, I need to take this to the Lord while yeah. I'm still of sound mind. <laughs> and, and so I, say, I just say, Lord, I'm just really concerned about this. Uh, what is it you want me to trust you for? Mm. 
And here's what's so neat about this. As you do this, you start to become more and more alert to the Lord's voice. Mm. It's not audible, but it's to your spirit. And so in this case, he'll, he'll say something like, I'm really glad you're coming to me, Dave. I want to remind you that I'm going to continue to provide for you like I always have. Mm. He might be, even in a kidding mood, might say, I haven't noticed you've missed the meal, Tubbs. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then then he'll say stuff like, do you not trust that I know exactly what you need to do here? I can keep you from making mistakes, from wasting your time. I can prepare the way for you. I can help you. Okay, I'm the solution. Don't you realize that? I knew this was going to happen in eternity past. You're acting surprised. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. I'm just, I, everything you're saying is just, I know this. I know this. Like, why would I forget this? Yeah, I, we do. It's, that's the impact of the fall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, the last thing, he'd, uh, what I heard him say was, you know, I'm the one that tells people to give this ministry, not you. Mm. It doesn't happen until I tell them to give to this ministry. Yeah. So will you trust me for these things? And of course, I, I'm going, oh, I am. Oh, man. Mm. Okay, so I write down in my journal, I will trust you. Okay. Close my journal, and two hours later, my back office gal emails me and says, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, but there's this check that's been floating around in the back office for about a week. I thought you knew about it. Well, I didn't. (laughs) Then come to find out it was for (laughs) $107,000. So I cry. And then here's what the Lord says to me. Dave, how ridiculous do I need to make this? Right. (laughs) This is what I want from you. I want you to come to me. Hmm. It's all about coming to me. I know you can't figure out why I even want to spend time with you, but I do. I don't do this with animals. Yeah. But I do this with you guys. Okay. I know you're knuckleheads, (laughs) but I love spending time with you. So keep coming, okay? Now, I'm not always going to be doing this. Yeah, right, sure. Okay. But if you'll keep coming to me, use your negative emotions and hard circumstances to be an alert to come right to me. Otherwise, you're just looking. It's just noise. I'm the solution. And when you you get older, you're going to look back on your life and you're going to realize there was so much noise you got distracted by. So distracted. That you could have just gone right to me and avoided a lot of the problems. But you did. So yeah. you, you kind of got so wrapped up in the noise when I could have solved it a lot quicker yeah, and a lot better. So wrapped anyway, um, what we love about this diagram that, that you've put together for us is this, this ladder. There's two ladders. There's a downward ladder and an upward ladder. You, wanna, you have a question you want to ask me about that or? No, no. I, I, in fact, can you hang around for another episode? And we can just put the seven steps for next week. I'm enjoying this conversation okay. so much. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Sure. Okay. We, we sure can. All right. Well, thank you all for being here this week. Join us next week, and we're going to walk through what these seven steps look like when we don't trust the Lord and what that progression can look like and versus when we do and, and continuing to abide. Thank you, Dave, for being here. Have an abiding week. Okay, thank you all. We'll see you next week.
Thanks for joining Fellowship Around the Table. To check out more, visit fbctulsa.org.